I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to a Tuesday, November 21st, 2023 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Fun, fun show for you guys today. It's NFL Super Friends. So you know what that means. So SB Nations, JP Acosta, 49ers Hubs, Evan Swords, and uh, USA Today. And uh, behind the steel curtains, Jared Bailey talking all things NFL. It's NFL Super Friends, one of my favorites each and every week, and I know one of y'all's favorites as well. Uh, we talk Brock Purdy and his little MVP run here the last uh, few weeks for the Niners. We talk about uh, the Browns and their defense and why Miles Garrett is uh, it firmly in the MVP conversation on that side of the ball. What happened with the Chiefs on Monday Night Football last night? Um, fun, fun game between them and the Eagles. What happened there with Mahomes and company? Big drops from uh, Kansas City in that one. But um, we talk about the Chargers uh, and what their future looks like without Brandon Staley potentially. Uh, how much of uh, the Jets' offensive struggles uh, came down to Zach Wilson, who is now benched. So the, uh, the Zach Wilson experience officially done in New York. Some Kenny Pickett talk and oof, it's been rough for Pickett this year in uh, Pittsburgh Colts and Titans futures and a whole lot more with the crew. So fun, fun show for you guys today here uh, a couple days out uh, from Thanksgiving. So uh, don't forget, folks, if you are a first time listener and uh, you are listening to this podcast for the first time, which would. Uh, wow, that's what I mean there. Um, then please uh, make sure that you hit that subscribe button if you like what you hear today. Uh, so you never miss a future episode daily show, new content each and every day here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Uh, don't forget, folks, if you're already a subscriber and you haven't already done so, you know I'm about to ask. Please, please, please make sure that you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if that is indeed how you're listening, or on your preferred podcast player. It helps other people find the show, and it helps this very show continue to grow a little bit more each and every day. So if you do that today, I would greatly appreciate it. Watch us on YouTube, full episodes, clips, all that good stuff. 
youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast like and subscribe uh there um check out the homepage chase thomas podcast.com all kinds of great information about the show uh and everything else with our new awesome website there and as always get in touch with the show over on uh email chase thomas podcast at gmail.com all right uncle darren Let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything School HQ. It's Monday evening, so that means the NFL Super Friends have reconvened once again. Starting off, Evan Swords in a black beanie. White T-shirt. He's in his uniform. Four and I have Evan. Good evening, sir. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to see you. How was good your weekend? You. Did you do anything? I am exhausted. Yeah, I uh, had uh, a buddy in town for mm. com- Complex Con. And what is that? Complex is like uh, I don't know. Like a the magazine. Col- yeah, Complex Mag. Okay, or, you know, whatever. And they do a conference in Long Beach every year. It's like culture shoes blah 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 uh not my jam personally um but he was here for that so i had to go out and pretend to be cool on friday and then we had friends in town from portland so saturday i went out again and i'm too old to be doing this guys i'm too tired (laughs) i'm 35 i'm gonna be 36 in like two months i am begging for some girl to just wife me up Mm. so i could just just become chase thomas too and mm. just you know go walk in the forest yep and write in a journal or something i don't know i'm so tired evan how uh how is eight mile road this time of year um you know i gotta say i did grow up aggressively white trash so it's it's good all year long baby let me tell you oh wow that voice you heard USA Today's Jarrett Bailey, Behind the Steel Curtain, The Pump Fake, everywhere else. Jarrett, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm I'm well, you know. Um, you know, most people enjoy when they're proven right about certain things. I, it's been a bittersweet 24 hours for me. Um, something, you know, pounding the table about a, uh, a certain quarterback in Pittsburgh since April of 2022. And uh, you know what? It seems that everybody's come around and uh, hop on the board with me. Um, bunch of like pittsburgh media the um uh, not to throw him under the bus but he tweeted out so i'll say it uh andrew filipponi uh who's like drove the kenny pickett express and drove people crazy he tweeted out today yep i'm i'm done with kenny pickett and then like everybody in pittsburgh like memed it and it was really funny so uh yeah you know a lot of people just uh especially in my neck of the woods just uh you know we're in quarterback hell and uh it's a weird feeling but we'll, we'll we'll see where it takes us. I mean, I'm right there with you. We also don't have a quarterback right now, but we just I didn't have to watch Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter uh, this week, even though it does. We'll be back. Uh, when my when my grandmother asked me what I'm thankful for this Thursday, I'm going to tell her it's be the fact that I didn't have to watch Arthur Smith's offense this past week. I'm pretty thankful for that. Yeah, but it is Saints Falcons week, so that's nice, I guess. Battle for first place in the NFC South. Um, also here, SB Nation's own JP Acosta. No hat this week, JP. I don't nope. think I've seen you without a hat in a while, sir. Did you cut your hair? Yeah, I did get it. a haircut. Okay. I did a haircut for Thanksgiving. Um, imagine not having a good quarterback, though. I mean, that's, that's honestly, honestly, couldn't be me. 
Don't do this, Evan. Are you all the way? Are, are we all in now, Evan? Are you are you sure about Brock Purdy? Is that where you want to go? I don't know. What, Actually, I don't know good, you, Brock. I don't know if you know this. Um, mm. Women they tend to lie. Men, okay, they tend to lie, but numbers they never lie. And the numbers say Brock Purdy is the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh wow! <laughs> but yeah, I I don't listen, man. He is playing i mean those three games were insane but like he played really well these last two games it's just i don't know what's he doing well what's flipped over the last two weeks from brock purdy well i mean like again i you know i i I, to quote the 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 great jp acosta he said a long time ago in a galaxy far far away (laughs) that every time brock purdy drops back Freebird starts playing in his ears (laughs) And, you know, I don't think he's ever been wrong. Like, really, you know, Brock Purdy just slangs that thing. And, uh, you know, those those weeks, he had some of those interceptions. That's what my Tinder bio says. Oh, dear God. That's why he got banned. Uh, but, you know, listen, Brock has been playing very well. And I think it's really hard for people to wrap their head around it because, you know, they see how bad Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, are we going to do this? Are we doing it right now? Yeah. Yeah, we, I got a, we can start Niners. I've got thoughts. But I, I mean, like literally. So let's 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 just say this. Mm. I don't blame fans for going, he's the last mm. pick in the draft. Jimmy Garoppolo is playing terrible since leaving Kyle Shanahan. Right? Like, I don't blame them going, no, I don't I don't I don't buy it. Brock Purdy is just a product of Kyle Shanahan. I get that. I don't agree with it, but I can understand how your brain could go. Look at how bad Jimmy Garoppolo is playing right now. You're Mm. telling me that it's not Kyle Shanahan. I get that. But as a guy who's 35 years old and has been watching mid and mostly terrible quarterback play for a long time now, Brock Purdy is just, I mean, he had some throws the last couple of weeks, but even this game, it's like, you know, he's just accurate. He's just got, got the guts to throw it sometimes where like Jimmy never would have, right. It's like the first read versus the second read. It's the first level versus the second level. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it, I don't know how else to tell you other than what it feels like to watch the game where he throws the ball up in the air and you get excited. Whereas, like, when Jimmy threw the ball, I was terrified all the time, you know? And getting George Kittle involved this week made things so great because I am a proponent of, like, the 49ers can't lose if they really just use George Kittle the way he should be used, and that's not as an offensive lineman. And I think this was a great example. Um, I don't think it's, a, you know, a coincidence that Brandon Ayuk is having the best season of his career under – Brock Purdy, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that George Kittle has more touchdowns in, like, a short amount of weeks than he did in his entire time playing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, Brock Purdy is a different player, and I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to get worse. I don't know if he's going to get better over the next five years of his career, but right now, I mean, after Patrick Mahomes just played the way he played tonight, Brock Purdy's better this year than Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how you can make the argument otherwise. Do I think it's going to end that way? Wow. 
Do I think it's going to end? Do I think Patrick Mahomes will end up? No, of course not. It's Patrick Mahomes. But I'm just saying, like, at what point do we, like, acknowledge what Brock Purdy is actually doing right now? The discourse, if the Niners beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy outplaying Mahomes and not even outplaying with just some bad drops by MVS and company. And yeah, the first Niners of all, no, he's one. not outplaying Patrick Mahomes. That's let's let's get that out of the way real quick. Um, they have they have quite literally the most efficient offense since like the Patriots undefeated year. That's cool, bro. Look at what Brock Purdy has compared to what Patrick Mahomes has. First of all, Patrick Mahomes receivers. Now lead the NFL and drops 26 uh, Can total you tell drops. me uh, Patrick Mahomes' interception tonight? Was that because of a receiver dropping or was that a terrible I'm so pass? goddamn tired of interception <laughs> discourse. Holy was it a bad shit. pass? It was, it a, was bad a bad pass. pass. Let's go back to the three weeks that the 49ers lost lost three games in a row. Brock Purdy made the equal amount of, of, of bad passes. I am right. so tired of interception discourse. Not just here, but around the league. Every goddamn week for the past month, I've had to listen about Josh Allen and his turners or Patrick Mahomes and his turners. Yeah, you know what those two guys also do? They give you a chance to win more than any other quarterback in the league. And anybody who's bitching and moaning about turnovers would take those two guys over guys like Brock Purdy or Kenny Pickett or any of these touchdown Charlies. I'm not saying that Brock Purdy is a bad quarterback, but holy hell, I am so tired. It's one thing if it's Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions in a year. That's, then you can, can complain. I am so tired of listening to interception discourse. Uh, superstar quarterbacks believe in themselves and are going to make plays and are going to force the issue more often than guys who aren't as good. Naturally, they're going to turn the ball over a little bit more. Let's let's stop with the interception stuff. Jesus Christ. Brock Purdy's having a better season this year than Patrick Mahomes. No, he's I not. I, I don't know what you want me to say. JP, so, you're the tiebreaker here. Is he having a better season than Mahomes? No, but wow. um, the biggest – there's couple answers here for a lot of this. Uh, the biggest difference in Brock Purdy's play from the three weeks that they were losing games to the two weeks now is they got Trent Williams and Debo Samuel back. That's the mm. big thing. Uh, getting those guys back helps the offense be more efficient, and it lets Brock Purdy not have to – it lets Brock Purdy become the point guard of the offense. It's, fi- it's fine to be the point guard of this offense, you know? Like, if you're a distributor, if you're a, if you're a passer in basketball – and you hit the three-pointer occasionally, that's a good quality player. Brock Purdy is a good quality quarterback. I think he does things where the biggest difference between him and Jimmy G is Brock Purdy has too much dip on his chip. Jimmy G never had any dip on the chip at all. That's the biggest difference between the two. Like Brock Purdy will make the throw to Brandon Ayuk that scored against the Buccaneers. He'll make that throw. He'll try it. Jimmy G's not making that throw. Jimmy G's taking a sack at that point. It's just... That's that's the difference in the 49ers offense. Brock Purdy's willing to do things and try things that Jimmy G will not. And that's the biggest difference. Um, Brock Purdy has been good this year. There are mo- multiple things can be true. Brock Purdy has been good this year. But, but he's Niners not offense, just good this year. Like he's not ju- he's not always oh, like Brock Purdy is playing good this year. No, Brock Purdy's playing elite this year. The difference between that, though, is you take Brock Purdy and plug him into a, a worse situation. I don't know, a middle of the pack. Team. Like you put Brock Purdy in Tennessee this year, he's not as good. It's the, Here's the, what the you diff- don't know that you don't know that we know for a fact what he's doing right now. Your hypotheticals don't matter. Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he doesn't have a bad roster. 
It's not like they are an untalented team and he's not playing as well. Like I, I like the hype. I don't care about the hypotheticals. Like all I care about is what is he doing week in week out? We've seen him be in games where he's played bad. We've seen who he's lost to. He's had not great games, but if you look at the total body of work this year, I, but I as, mean, like, but as JP just pointed out, the games that they lost, it was like they you take away Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, he still got multiple pro bowlers on his roster and he was putrid in three games. Right now, Patrick Mahomes is throwing to Justin Watson, Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and uh, Travis Kelsey. Okay, that's fine. He still has a far less talented group of skill position guys around him than Purdy does. And he's Right now, Mahomes is still the best quarterback in football. I, I don't know how this is even a, a conversation. I distracted Ma- Travis Kelsey. I think, Patrick, many I think Patrick Mahomes is definitely the best quarterback in the NFL. I think Brock Purdy Purdy's having a better year. Is he get, is he in the MVP a- case or MVP chase right now? He's the number one person in the MVP vote no, right he's now. Not. How no, could he's you not. say anything differently? 0%. I would vote for Lamar Jackson over Brock Purdy. Well, hold on. This is a two different conversations. Do you think to Evan's point, the narrative and what will help Brock is if this offense continues looking like this over the next couple of weeks, they're the number one seed in the NFC. Well, it's still very much in play. Here's what here's what is I is that say. enough to get here's him an MVP if the as, Ravens are like eleven and six. Here's what's and, going to happen. The, as the as a Niners fan, here's what's going to happen. First and foremost, nothing will change in the next week because they're going to play the Seahawks on a short week. I think they're going to destroy the Seahawks. But regardless, I think they win, and I don't think that's going to change anything because no one's going to go, well, the Seahawks are a great team. It's not going to be until they played the Eagles, right? Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs lost to the Eagles tonight. The Eagles are the best team in the NFL. Nothing will – no one will accept Brock Purdy MVP talk until he beats the Eagles. Hmm. So it's a moot point. Like, I can say I think that, and I do think that, I think what he's doing right now, 9.7 yards per attempt, right? Like the highest passer fucking ratings, perfect passer rating this week. I like there's enough stats that have been posted all over Twitter to talk about why he is playing elite right now. But I will say that there doesn't matter until he beats the Eagles. We won't even be able to have that conversation. I would also like to mention, I think this is the year that a non non quarterback wins the MVP. Ooh, who's the best choice there? going to happen. It'll be this uh, the best pick for me, there are two. Uh, Tyreek Hill or Miles Garrett should win MVP. If, if the Cleveland Browns continue to win games and yeah. make the playoffs winning games 13 to 10 or 10 to 7, and Miles Garrett, who leads the NFL in sacks, continues to like get close to the sack record while playing the Bengals. And then I think let's let's look at their schedule real quick because their schedule is set up to a point where, yeah. They play Miles Denver Garrett this coming get, week. Miles Garrett can get close to that record. They play the Broncos, the Rams, the Jaguars, Bears, Browns, te- Browns, Jets, Texans, and the Bengals. Miles Garrett can get close to that sack record. And if he gets yeah. close and the Browns make the playoffs, that is the MVP. Like that is he's having one of the best single seasons of a defender that I have seen since maybe JJ Watt one second in the MVP race. Like that is the level of player we're talking about right here. And then Tyreek I think Hill, JJ had what? Like I think JJ had 20 and a half sacks that year. He had 20 and a half sacks. He also had like the bullshit touchdowns. But um, <laughs> yeah. the the second pick Tyreek Hill 
he's like lapping everybody else in receiving yards. Um, if he sets the receiving record, which is 1,964 yards, um, he, right now he's at 12. It's a 1,222. I'll pull it up. Um, he's probably going to get a lot of MVP votes because mm. without Tyreek Hill, that offense does not function as well. And I think it's a testament to how like how good of a player he is because that touchdown he had against the the Raiders where like there were four people within that vicinity and none of them could touch him and he's running horizontally like he's running parallel to the line of scrimmage and he doesn't start to turn up the field until he gets close to the sideline and no he's going he's running faster sideways than most people are running forward so I think this is the year a non-quarterback should win MVP, and it should be, it should be Miles Garrett. Miles so, Garrett is the MVP this year. So tell me though, really, like, I mean, obviously, there we've we've all seen like some of the more impressive stats about Brock Purdy right now, right? Like, he highest yards per attempt through ten games since merger uh, is number four on that list with nine point seven. Um, you know, first QB to throw for three hundred yards back to back home games in the same season since Jeff Garcia for like Niners specific stuff. Right. Like whatever. Let's just assume he keeps playing like this in the Niners. When, you know, what are we looking at right now? Like 13 games, 14 games. You think that Miles Garrett should get it over that? If the Browns make the playoffs, <laughs> winning every game 10 to 7, and Dorian Thompson Robinson or Joe Flacco starting at quarterback? Absolutely. <laughs> I just don't know at this point, though, like, like what like like what does he need to do like what does Brock Purdy need to do at this and point? The thing like, it's, like it's, look, it's not even like it's less like Brock Purdy. It's more just we're seeing we're seeing phenomenal years from defenders in a in a season where offense has kind of been like the offenses haven't been that great this season. I mean, and, but that's the, the Niners offense has. Do you know what the Niners uh, the Niners current like point differential is? Did you see that? Yeah, I think I've saw I've seen the Niners point differential. They're like, did you see the difference between like the, the I mean like the stats that they were posting about that? Mm-hmm. What was it? The Eagles are so the Lions are eight and two with a plus forty three point differential. The Eagles are nine and one with a point or a plus sixty one. The Niners are seven and three with a plus one hundred and twenty two. Literally. Double the Eagles. I will say, um, I just when it comes to Brock Purdy and the MVP conversation, I think he is going to be uniquely hurt by the amount of talent that is around him because you can just as fairly make a make a, a case that Christian McCaffrey should also win MVP. Yeah. You can make you can make that case for Christian. I, hey, and honestly, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I think I think Christian McCaffrey deserves the MVP vote conversation as much as anyone in the nfl yeah which is why like brock purdy's case is going to be hurt by so not here's what i i am curious about who are the best other than miles garrett who are who would you say the elite players on the browns defense are this year like truly elite? yeah um jeremiah wusukor mora has been playing at an elite level this year right and denzel ward is very good but that's it. No other very good players on that defense at all. They have 
they have very good players. Who, who would you say? I'd say Grant Delpit has played very well this year. Honestly, that's it. Like, Darius Smith has been fine. Ogwell Garonkwo has been a really nice addition. But that defense is fueled by Miles Garrett and his ability. He is the one. He is the engine of the offense. Yeah, I mean, I well, listen, you're not going to hear any argument from me. Miles Garrett is insane. But I, I think they have a really good defense. I they do. They have, really, I have a really good defense across the board. I, and I know that, like, Miles Garrett is very obviously the engine to that defense. But, like, he's not playing with bums. Like, I think they have a the, the Browns very defense, good defense. The Browns defense would suffer much more without Miles Garrett than the 49ers offense would suffer without Brock Purdy. But even, like, we can do those, like, one-to-one comparisons. Like, sure. we can do that to our blue in the face. But, right. yeah. I think when it comes to Miles Garrett being the engine and fulcrum of that defense, you don't get the amount of pressures that Darius Smith has. You don't get the pressures that Ugbo Garoppolo has without the attention given to Miles Garrett. I believe Miles Garrett is first in the NFL in both pass rush win rate, pressure rate, and double team rate. Like he's it's not only he's getting like he's getting double teamed at such a massive rate and still winning. Like he's also leading the NFL in sacks. So it's not just not only is he winning, he's beating double teams, he's also putting up the numbers, and he's also single-handedly won the football games. The, hey, the and, Colts game, he won that game. I will say one one more thing that I will say to your point in terms of talking about the talent that surrounds Brock Purdy. Uh, I don't think one thing that a lot of people aren't even talking about right now, which I think is like a conversation that's going to get really, really loud soon is like how many <laughs> how many sacks did the 49ers have against the bucks they had four sacks right they have started to have a very good pass rush and i do agree with your point i think if they continue to show that type of success rate when it comes to the pass rush when it comes to pressures right eric armstead's pressure rate yesterday was insane i do think by the end of the season everyone will go yeah well they traded for chase young i mean like you guys already had this amazing roster, and then you ch- traded for Chase Young. I And I do think that's going to happen. Because, I mean, like, four sacks yesterday, and, like, nobody even talked about it. I Like, it was literally one of the least talked-about storylines from the 49ers that I saw as a fan yesterday. I mean, any other, any other football team that would have four sacks, you'd be like, wow, they really got to the quarterback. <laughs> Just all you heard about was Kittle, Ayuk, Purdy, all the above. So last thing about Miles Garrett, leaves the NFL in sacks with 13. He gets a sack a game. He is at 20 for the year. And again, you're playing the Bengals, you're playing the Broncos, and you are playing the Rams. The Rams, the Bears. Bears. You're playing the I, Jets. I do think and he gets to 20 almost he, easily. He is. Ve- he could very easily like get to that record and not only get to that record, but break that record. Who has the record? Michael Strahan. J.J. Watt and Michael Strahan. Okay. And what is it? 22 and a half. 22 and a half. And like, just for an example of like where we're at right now, because Nick Bosa is having a fantastic season. He only has five and a half sacks. But if he gets Baker Mayfield three more times, he's definitely going to make it through. Because find you somebody who hates Baker Mayfield as much as uh, Nick Bosa hates Baker Mayfield. Uh, He said they're good now. He said they're good now. That man, he can say they're good all he wants. That man has thought about the flag planning every day. 
I think for here's what I will say every day. I consider myself someone that that really understands people and listening to to Bosa talk. I would imagine the timeline went like this: plants the flag, immediate fury <laughs> and hatred. Like mm-hmm. I must destroy him, mm-hmm. and then he had the game where he did destroy him. He does mm-hmm. the flag thing, and then he proceeds to watch Baker obviously get you know cut or whatever you know like get removed from the browns and then go, you know end up where he ended up and i think by now bosa's probably like i won like i'm i don't care anymore and that's why he said he's like yeah you know we 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 saw each other at the thing we said hi we're good now and i think that's probably very true but i do think in that moment nick bosa would have ripped uh baker mayfield in half given the opportunity but i also think he's he to his credit, he has been pretty good with PR. Like he knows, like yeah, we're good now. We don't really like. There's not really that beef. I don't got, like you don't. You don't have to start problems when there is no like. You don't got to start shit after you've already beaten. This don't team. start he, no shit. Won't be no. Yeah, shit. don't start no shit. Won't be no shit. But yeah. Um. Well, tonight let's talk quickly about Monday Night Football. We're taping this right after a great ending to Eagles Chiefs. Chiefs not able to pull off uh, the win where they get shut out in uh, the second half um, here to the, the Philadelphia Eagles. 21-17 is the final. Jarrett, if you had to explain what's happening to the Chiefs offense in the second half and what's kind of been a an issue, is it just drops? Is it just the receiver talent? What's the crux of what's plaguing the Chiefs and what do the Eagles do that makes you kind of wonder, hmm, 7-3 now, maybe the Chiefs just... They just don't have the juice this year, maybe. No, I mean, I still think that they have the juice. You know, they're up 17-7. to It just came down to, like, dumb mistakes that are easily corrected. Like, Travis Kelsey fumbles in the red zone when that would have probably put the game on ice if they score. Um, The the bad Mahomes interception early on when they were driving to score. Um, And then just drops. Marquez Valdez-Scaling dropped the potential game-winning touchdown. Justin Watson, even on the 4th and 25 play, hit him Mm -hmm. directly in the hands. And he didn't hold on to, I guess, more more so directly the face. It went through his hands. Um, this is the same thing that happened against Detroit, really. Very similar situations where, okay, if the Chiefs just, you know, limit the, the dumb, like, shooting themselves in the foot, they probably win. Um, and, again, the week one was without Travis Kelsey as well. So, you know, it's, it's a game in which they lost to the best team in the league. And if they don't make their own mistakes and if they don't shoot themselves in the foot they probably win so it's much better that you know they were up by 10 and they lost because of their own mistakes rather than they get beat by 40 and just get wiped off you know wiped off the field and then there's real questions to be asked but no i i'm not worried about the chiefs minus the fact that yeah their their receivers need to get their shit together but you know, I still think that you look at the AFC, they're going to be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. This could very well have been a Super Bowl preview. JP's got some thoughts on that. Um, so I, I'm not worried about Kansas City. I think I am not worried about Kansas City, but I think the gap between them and the other teams in the AFC is razor thin right now mm. because there are a bunch of really, really good teams in the AFC who can take the who can take this Chiefs team to the limit? Like, like you said, like it took a lot of bad drops and weird stuff to happen for the Chiefs to lose. But on any given Sunday, you know, like the Dolphins were a bad snap away yeah. from taking the Chiefs to overtime. 
the Jaguars almost beat the Chiefs without their starting left tackle. Like, and then you have the Ravens, who are still a very, very, very good team. I'm not worried about Baltimore anymore, man. I'm sorry. I'm, okay, like, I think man. I no, okay. I think no, I think that the, I'm not saying they're a bad team. I don't think that they can get to the Super Bowl without Mark Andrews. I I don't. But with the John Harbaugh saying like there's an outside chance he could be back by the end of the season, you get maybe, him a playoff maybe, run, then maybe. yeah, you, they will be there. What was um, his injury? Like a high ankle sprain. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. I was, was I saw a lot he, of like, he's gone for the year. And I didn't also, think... they have the one seed now. So they will have oh. home field advantage throughout mm. the entire season, throughout the entire they, playoffs. They, they, did, they did say that it wasn't as bad as they thought. That's good. Even with that, though, man, like, if they played tomorrow, I'd still pick Kansas City. Like, I, I need to see Baltimore do it in the playoffs. And they, what, what, what's Lamar's biggest win of his career? A playoff win against the Titans before they got demolished by Buffalo. Like, I, I need to see it before I can trust okay. them. Who I was mean, the last team the road, to, the did the Chiefs? Is, oh, okay, go ahead, JB. I would say that road game against the Titans was really like, yeah. I think that was a much bigger win than you're giving like the Ravens credit for. They hadn't beaten the Titans in a, in a while. That was the like, like that was the prove it moment for Lamar. But again, I think the thing with the playoffs is very kind of overblown. I think a lot of the a lot of those defenses weren't that great, and again, still like the same receiver issues. But like I was saying, the Chiefs, the margins between them and the other teams are still very very thin. I think there are many teams in in this conference that can challenge them, especially if they're on their wacky shit like they did tonight. But I think the biggest problem for the Chiefs is they miss Juju Smith-Schuster. That is their biggest issue. They don't have a – they don't have somebody who knows how to find holes in zones outside of Travis Kelsey. They don't have that trusty, like, vet. Every, Every room needs an OG. Like every room needs a veteran who knows how to just get open against zone coverage. They don't have that. The Chiefs were insane not trading for a wide receiver. Anything. Well, I think they're you joking, JP, to Evan's point about the Juju. Do you think they miss him a little bit? No, I mean like they really do miss Juju Smith Schuster. Like Mm. I went we talked about it on the SB Nation show this morning. Um the receivers, like in that Super Bowl win, Juju Schuster led the Chiefs in catches. Like that, they miss his ability over the middle of the field. I think people kind of brushed it off because Juju Smith-Schuster isn't like a world beater at wide receiver, but he was so like uniquely important. Like Juju Smith-Schuster played the tight end role while Travis Kelsey played the receiver role. If you think about yeah, traditional yeah. wide receiver tight end roles in an offense, Juju Smith-Schuster was the tight end, and Travis Kelsey was able to do the wide receiver stuff. Now they don't have that. Now you're trusting a rookie in Rasheed Rice, who has played fine, but is a rookie, doesn't have that rapport yet. I think this is the this is the inverse of what happened last year for the Chiefs, where their defense looked really bad because they were really young, and then they started to come on late in the season. The problem is we're getting late in the season, and the young guys for and the receiver room haven't started to come around yet. Like it's like, of course, like with Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and that defense, which played phenomenal again. You can like you can say like yeah they'll still win win the AFC they'll still go to the Super Bowl if I'm picking anybody I would still pick the Chiefs right now but the margins are much much thinner than they were and, at the beginning of the season 
Hmm. And Buck and Aikman were talking about Rasheed Rice's productivity. Like, I think they said he hasn't had a reception where he was more than 10 yards downfield yet this season. So, like, hmm. they're they're kind of trying to make him that underneath guy that can, you know, catch passes and turn five-yard catches into nine-yard catches and, and what have you. But, you know, with, with Juju also, like, came the ability. Like, he was physical, and he helped in, in the run blocking. So, you know, I think we talk about Juju, and like JP said, we kind of brush him off because, like, he's Juju and we just kind of think of him as like a sideshow and it's not, you know, whether that's fair or not, he was a big part of what they did last year. And, you know, now it's again, I already touched on it. It's sky Moore, It's Marquez Valdez scaling, who by the way, didn't have a catch. Now he's got 14 catches on the year and he's making $10 million. Marquez Valdez scaling is it's not good. Um, so, you know, yeah, maybe they should, they probably should have made a move. I'm surprised they didn't try to go out and get somebody like a, like a Mike Evans or something of that sort. But, but it's not even like they don't even need like Mike Evans. They need like Jacoby Myers. It doesn't have mm. to be like a superstar. Like, they just need like a vet in that room. Like that's really like the baseline thing. Like Alan Lazard would help that team a lot. Mm. Like they don't need like a superstar receiver. Patrick Mahomes has shown he doesn't need a superstar receiver. Last right. year, I mean, he a hold on, Al- Alan Lazard, like. I don't know, man. I feel like we got Alan Lazard at home on on the, on the Chiefs a little bit. Like, so I, you know what I mean? Like, I think I think, Alan Lazard is much better than any of the Chiefs receivers. Like, I don't not, know, man. Not Rasheed yeah. Rice. Like, just but is it receivers enough to like well, prevent like, a world a uh, World Series to prevent a championship this year? Or can Mahomes win with this so group? I mean, if they, if they keep dropping these balls in critical times, yeah. That's what um, I want to say. I, like, from the perspective of a guy who is like in like obsessively watching the AFC because I have been, you know, as a 49ers fan, I'm like terrified of the AFC. You have Mahomes, what he's been doing for a long time. It feels like every, like the Bills keep tricking us into thinking that they're an elite team, right? You saw like the momentum the Dolphins had. Like I'm always like collectively going, well, who, who, if the Niners go to the Super Bowl, who do they play? And I feel like right now, this is the least intimidated I am by the AFC that I have been in a long time. Like, I, you know, I think Jared Jared's point is very like accurate. Like the Chiefs are still great, and they are going to be the Chiefs. I don't think that's changing, but I do think that not having obviously Tyreek Hill, but like, I don't know. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that the Chiefs would have an elite defense after they won a Super Bowl without this team, or with you know without Tyreek last year, I would have been like, oh well, the league is done. Like just give it to them. We're good. And you know here they are. I mean the Eagles are the better team. So I don't know. I just hmm. I just think the AFC is real. The AFC is really really tough. And yeah. now if like the season if season ended today, they don't get the home. They don't get home field advantage. They don't get the first round by. And of course, like that doesn't mean much because, like, if the season ended today, like they're playing the Texans in the uh, first round of the playoffs. But hey, like the Texans team can be a lot. The Texans team can win win a game against Kansas City if Kansas City's just screwing around like they were tonight. Like this isn't a this isn't an AFC where, like, of course, Evan's saying like he's the least intimidated by it, but. When it comes to matching up with other teams in the AFC, like any of these teams can beat beat anybody in the AFC. And like you said with the Bills, like the Bills are still like just outside of the playoffs. And 
with all like the hand wringing and stuff about the Bills, like they, if they get in the playoffs, like there's not many people you want to face more than Josh Allen. But their road to the playoffs is going to be really uniquely difficult. Like yeah. I think, like just off of like sheer just schedule, like comp- comparisons, like it's really them and like the Seahawks who have just a terrible stretch of games. Yeah. So it's going to be rough for them, but. I just think the AFC is so talented this year where if you don't get the home field advantage like Chiefs do, like it's going to be a lot more difficult to win those games. Like now you're playing three games instead of two. Like Patrick Mahomes has never not had home field advantage. I'm not saying like that's going to be a thing like, oh, Patrick Mahomes can't win on the road. Like no, but because he's Patrick Mahomes. But it is a valid like, hey, like this is gonna be the first time the Chiefs have played three playoff games to make it to the Super Bowl in what feels like forever. So it's just it's just a very uniquely different difficult situation for the Chiefs. Uh, Evan, buy or sell? The Chargers are a coach away from riding the ship. I mean, I don't know. Well, let me just say, Brandon Staley needs to be fired seven years ago. Like, at this point, I feel like they're trolling us. Like, remember last year we were sitting here being there like, how have they not fired him yet? Mm. Like, how have they not fired him yet? Like, like Brandon Staley getting up and, like, arguing with the press about who's calling plays it's like, dog, you're a defensive-minded head coach and your defense is trash. Like, your defense is actually trash. It's the only thing you're supposed to be good at. You have – a like, this is what I just can't – I can't wrap my head around. Like, imagine having Justin Herbert on your team and having a bad team. Like, imagine having Josh Allen on your team having a bad team like how actively bad of a coach are you if you can't win with those guys it seems insane to me so yeah the uh oh sorry go ahead i did i like brandon saley like if 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 the chargers actually had fans they'd be rioting right now they would be like charging like it was january 6th to make that man fired yeah, last year, I mean, they made Joe Lombardi the scapegoat after the collapse against Jacksonville. And albeit Joe Lombardi wasn't a good offensive coordinator, but Staley, they should have thrown the baby out with, with the bathwater too and just started anew. Um, and now, you know, you look at the situation in terms of them being a, a coach away, obviously getting a better head coach. Like if they fired, if they fire Brandon Staley, which I think they will, and they went out and got Ben Johnson, I think that's great. Um, but at the same time, the defense is also 28th in the league in EPA. They are like for the personnel that they have, you, you would expect better of that. And would that get better with a different defensive play caller? Probably. But at the same time, look at, I mean, look at who Justin Herbert's throwing to, like he's playing incredible, like a top three quarterback this season. And he's doing it with really old at this point in his career, Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, who they took early in the draft and has done close as close to nothing as you can. He is a bust. He was missing Austin Eckler for a a period of time. So this year it's been Keenan Allen, sometimes Gerald Everett, and now Austin Eckler's back and he's been a big part of the offense, but 
The defense is bad. He doesn't have a lot of weapons. By the way, Keenan Allen isn't going to be around forever. Mike Williams isn't going to be around forever. They're going to have to find somebody else for him to throw the ball to. Keenan Allen played well. I'll say Keenan that. Keenan Allen's good, man. Keenan Allen's great. Keenan Allen's great. Receiving yards. Keenan Allen's playing you, great, but he's also no, not getting any younger. Did you guys see the the run from Austin Eckler where he like <laughs> broke his face a little bit and he was going like three miles an hour? Like, <laughs> I listen, I love Austin Eckler. I love his story, but like I, I'm less having the conversation you are having about Keenan Allen and more having that conversation about Austin Eckler. It was looking Austin, like Mike Allstott out there. Uh, he reminds almost. me of Frank Gore, where it's like he's Frank Gore at like 36 years old, where he's like had the vision still, but couldn't do but anything. Austin Eckler is how old? 30. No, no, he's, he's got to be like 28, 27. What? I thought he, no, I thought he was old. No. Wow. I think that's the sadder He's part. 28. Oh, there we go. Yeah, no, Austin, like running backs, they're aging uh, even I'm, quicker I'm than ever before. But that's the thing. Hold, but hold on. Third, 28 as a running back is like actually fairly old. Let's not let Frank Gore confuse us here. Like 28 is. I'm not, discounting, back. I'm not discounting what Keenan Allen's doing this year, but at the same time, he's not getting any younger. And a big reason of why he's. Uh, you know, what is it, third in the NFL in receiving yards is because who the hell else is Herbert going to throw to? Mm. Like, there's, like, Mike, like I said, Mike Williams got hurt and Johnson hasn't done anything. Like, Jalen Guyton isn't setting the world on fire. I don't want to break any news here. Dog, it's <laughs> Donald, like, Donald Parham Jr. John, Donald Parham isn't going to be uh, uh, the missing piece <laughs> uh, of the Chargers offense. So, again, love respect Keenan Allen. those 179 yards. 10,000 career receiving yards for Keenan Allen. Congratulations to him for that as well. He's great. But he's also like they need eventually a future planet receiver because he's on the back nine of his career. And it's for, they are right now. Justin Herbert is the Mike Trout of the NFL, where he is one of the three mm. best at his position and being wasted by a team who, for some reason, calls Los Angeles home when they certainly should not. It's it's a disgrace what the Chargers are doing to this guy. The problem with the Chargers is um, this is the worst defense that Brandon Staley has ever coached. And that's saying something because. Last year, they were 20th in EPA per play. His first year, they were 21st. This year, they are 29th. And it's, this was supposed to be the year. You you were supposed to make the run this year. But it's a... It's is it a poorly. talent thing or is it a coaching thing as to why they've gotten worse? Yes. Is there a drain? Yes. I think part of it is talent. The de- the defensive backs have not been great. Yeah, like They've not been great at all. But when you commit penalty, the same penalties over and over, week after week. Big discipline thing. That too. becomes coaching. Discipline. Flags, they are... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Reflection of your coaching. They're a reflection of your coach. And Brandon Staley is not doing a very good job as the coach. Like, I love the Mike Trout comparison for Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert is Philip Rivers because this is what the Chargers do. This is exactly mm. what the Chargers do. I but, I would love to on. say the Chargers are a head coach away, but this is just the Chargers. Is 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 he is Justin Herbert Philip Rivers, or are they both just Chargers quarterbacks? They are both just Chargers quarterbacks. I think that's the better way to explain it. Because like I don't think Philip Rivers ever had a choice. He was a Chargers quarterback. I don't think Justin Herbert has a choice. He's a Chargers quarterback. The only way it'll ever change is if he stops being a Chargers quarterback. And even when Philip Rivers stopped being a Chargers quarterback, he was still a Chargers quarterback. Like that's, it's such a it's such a weird thing to be like, oh well, this is just the Chargers, and year after year, it happens. Every it happens because that's just the Chargers. It's what they do. It's, you know you what know, it is. Love to say, love to say, Brandon Staley getting fired changes things. But who are they going to bring in? I don't. I honestly don't think Ben Johnson is going to. Uh, I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job. And the main reason is. I don't think he wants to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. I think a lot a lot of people are fine with just drawing up plays. Like a lot of people would just love to sit in their room and draw up plays like your you like your average YouTuber. Lincoln Riley would love mm-hmm. to just draw up plays, but he has to actually coach and he's shown he can't do that. By the I way, been- real quick about that, can I just say a uh, friend of the pod, Theo Vaughn, has ruined uh hold on, Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughn. Yeah. I don't you know. Theo Vaughn no, on this Theo pod? Ash. Theo, Theo Ash. I was like, yeah. I don't I mean, I got really excited. Look at Evan name dropping here. Some celebs. He's like, okay, yeah. the they're pod, literally Theo named Vaughn. Theo and then the three-letter last name. Like, get off my ass. <laughs> uh, no, but he's ruined. Theo has ruined uh, mm. sports and analysis. Do you know, I'm now I have to see so many 140-pound white boys talk about sports. Like, it, I, like I don't want – I go on TikTok and I just see – so, so many TikTokers now are just like uh, like soaking wet, 130 pound little. White I'm actually kids. 138. Thank you very much. 5'11", 138. You're a journalist. You like to write. Jared, I was a runner for a really you're long not, time. You're, Jared, you're not sitting on on TikTok going, mm, well, the out route, the post, meh. like I, I don't. I but Theo's like, listen, so good you, at it. It but that's the thing. He's the only one that should be doing it. Like he should. <laughs> like it. Like. You know what I mean? Like, so your problem is, is that Theo has inspired a lot of people to try to I, be the next Theo Ash. I think Theo is a fantastic con- con- content creator. Friend of the pod. I think, I think he's genuinely one of my favorite people when it comes to talking about the NFL. And I think he has ruined the space because so many little fucking white kids want to be him. And it's terrible. Every one of them is bad. Not one of them. I'm like, yeah, this guy's also good. No, it's Theo Ash, good. All the other <laughs> ones trying to be him, terrible. And like I said, if you want to talk about the NFL, that's not my beef. But I don't need some fucking five foot five, 130 pound boy <laughs> trying to talk to me about fucking out routes. Ben Solak is going to watch this and be fuming, by the way. By the way, Ben Solak is really just Theo Ash's dad. Like, I mean, they're probably related other than, you know, Theo being seven foot four and Ben Solak 
Ben Solak, I think, is shorter than me. I've stood next no, to Ben Solak. No, Ben Solak is literally like he is the the final boss of <laughs> tiny little white boys that talk about sports. But again, there are ben, dozens of us, Evan. But, there are dozens. But again, Ben doesn't just sit there and talk about the scheme, right? He he is a you know a fan. He is a a professional of the entire sport. What what I what my beef is is Theo is getting these little white boys to just go on tiktok and try and like talk about scheme this has gone on such a tangent this is, I just, this is the greatest rant of all time i just don't want to see it anymore I don't, like the only person i ever want to see do it ever again on tiktok is theo ash no one else like Theo-Von. i just theo vaughn i would also like to see that just because he's dude so i would stupid. pay i would pay pay-per-view money to watch an hour of theo vaughn breaking down he, football plays he, he's like what's that that's a tie back that's you know, we cool, had this man. one guy one time we called yeah. him a tiny he was eight feet tall in our neighborhood <laughs> i love yeah, theo vaughn i'm, yeah, I'm man, glad that i'm glad that that got brought up he used to steal school supplies man it was crazy yeah, I don't want to ever see anybody on TikTok other than Theo Ash. If you are under, if you are under 150 pounds and you're white, I you can't talk about scheme. I don't want you breaking down plays. Shut up. You're worried they might be a future NFL coach. No, I'm worried that they they keep popping up. Are going to ruin yeah, my. So you sound like you're media. describing Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Oh, I mean, what is Brandon okay, Staley? Hold on, there's a there's a difference. Mike McDaniel is actually not a well-adjusted human being. And he first was, of all, mm. Mike McDaniel's not white. Yeah, he's not. So the, the 49ers got a the 49ers got a comp pick because he's first uh, off, he has, he's biracial, but he's certainly not white because no one has ever looked at a biracial individual and said, "Well, he's white." I mean, I mean, yeah. I did it for Mike McDaniel. <laughs> Mike McDaniel. <laughs> I did it for Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Hey, listen, the comp picked the 49ers. You know that you know that uh, you know that episode of Family Guy when uh, Peter finds out that he has like African descent and like he's on the news and they label him local black man. (laughs) That's that's what comes to mind. That's that that's what comes to mind when I think of Mike. I kind of forget that he is. I I appreciate you using Mike Mike McDaniel as an excuse. Or not an excuse, excuse me, as an uh, example. That was the word I was thinking of. Because Mike McDaniel is a great example. He's not white, and that makes it okay. <laughs> he's also he's, not a well-adjusted human being, <laughs> right? At all, all boy. Yeah, and, like, he's a, worked at like he's a, three a.m. He's also like a recovering addict. Like he's a psychopath. Like he's not. I'm not talking about the like tiny little Bartholomews that like have never left. They've never left their like bedroom and like just probably played Fortnite until they saw Theo and they're like, wait, that's possible. I'll talk about scheme. I play Fortnite. Got a dub last night, actually. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, wow. That was a great rant. I didn't see that coming. Point um, being that, though, the Chargers, Justin Herbert needs help, and he needs to – I wish okay. he wasn't a Charger. He can, Quinn he can Johnson, a big winner tonight, though. Like, everyone has moved on to Marquez uh, Valdez-Gantling. <laughs> yeah. like, that man is a yeah. gigantic winner. <laughs> Um, because that was rough uh yesterday. Um Justin JP, can, come, can come to Pittsburgh whenever he wants. There you go. Why would he do that? Tape don't lie. JB, how much of the Jets offense and their offensive woes? They had another just horrible, horrible uh afternoon where I watched way too much of Jets Bills and just uh way too much uh late yesterday afternoon. Um, but how much of it 
actually falls on Zach Wilson? Are we going to find out from the Boyle experience um, this week? I don't week? know what you plan on finding out from Tim Boyle. Okay, so I mean, thing, yeah. with, thing with Zach Wilson, um, he's bad, but so is everything else around him in terms of play calling. Like, who would have thunk that Nathaniel Hackett calling plays would be bad? Mm. Ooh, surely, surely I didn't. Uh, sarcasm, <laughs> but... Um, the offensive line still is not very good, and Makai Becton has gone down with another injury, which really sucks. Um, and yeah, it's mainly the, the play calling. The play calling has been horrific. Uh, there's no sequencing at all. But yeah, Zach Wilson has not helped any of that at all. He just looks lost. Like at this point, it is fair to say that Zach Wilson is one of the biggest draft busts in modern football history. Like mm. we. We talked about Trey Lance being a bust, but the thing with Trey Lance is he just didn't play enough. Zach Wilson has played a lot and has been uh, bad in every single enough. he's been bad in every single game. Like it's it's impressive how just un, incapable you know what's of crazy? throwing the ball downfield he is. The one thing he did in college was throw the ball downfield. Right? He's There's doing so- it in the Mountain West. No, 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 but, like, my point is, is, like, if you're playing this bad and you're Zach Wilson at this point, like, the only thing you should be doing is just chucking those balls and just trying, you know, whatever. It's, like, the one thing he was exciting and good with in college, he doesn't even do in the NFL. So, it's, like, now you're just a bad quarterback. You don't even do that one cool thing. Well, also, I mean, Jared, isn't that, that what Josh Allen was also doing in the Mountain West? Uh, well, yeah, but Josh Allen is 6'5 and 250 pounds and can get away True. with it. Zach, Wilson, But, I mean, he's still doing it, Tevin's point. He's just saying, like, at least he's still doing it. Zach Wilson's never True. even done it. But True. the thing with Zach Wilson is you saw the process with Josh Allen. Zach mm-hmm. Wilson was getting clean pockets every time he threw the ball because they were playing, like, William Mary. No disrespect to William Mary, but... And he was also doing all this stuff out of the pocket. Every throw was out of the pocket. Every highlight was him scrambling and then throwing a pass out the pocket. You cannot win like that consistently in the NFL unless you are a one-of-one athlete, unless you are a Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or that caliber of athlete. Zach Wilson is not that. You have to be able to win from the pocket at this point. Like, it's not – it's not as much like, oh, the NFL has always been about pocket passers. Like, you still need to be able to move around like and, and be able to extend plays. But you cannot make that um, – the best way to describe it, I guess, is you cannot make that the, in, the main portion. You cannot make that the main course. That can be a side dish. That can be an appetizer maybe. But that cannot be the only thing you're bringing to the table. So Zach Wilson just – He's going to end up being a reclamation project for another team because he's a second overall pick and someone's going to talk themselves into it. I think it's going to be the Rams, but mm. it's Baker Mayfield 2.0. That's probably what's going to happen. But even with Baker, mm. Baker showed that he can at least kind of function in an NFL offense. Well, Zach I mean, no, Baker's the best case scenario. Like Baker didn't yeah. do that great in Carolina, but he's, he's playing decent football now. Like, I think that's literally your best case scenario. Yeah. I think it's just, he's just like, it's really bad when you're the worst quarterback in the NFL and looking at the amount of the quarterbacks that have played in the NFL this year. Like, I I think there might be one worse than him. 
Kenny Pickett. Um, I think they're the same. I think they're the same. I think Kenny, Kenny Pickett, Pickett, Pickett is Wilson without the arm talent. Well, no, Kenny Pickett Ooh. is Zach Wilson with better, uh, you know, weapons around him. And I don't know if he has better weapons around him. I think Garrett Wilson is a better receiver than. I, I mean, Wilson. overall, I think Garrett Wilson is probably the best receiver. Of, of, you know, the I best will say if I, you talent. line them up, Garrett Wilson is probably the best receiver, but the Steelers have number two Steelers and three. Have, yeah. But yeah. I have a side uh, Kenny Pickett question in terms of this too, because oh. y'all are comparing uh, totally. Pickett to Wilson. Because remember the glove stuff and the, the size, the, the, the small hands, has that actually played a role in Kenny Pickett being bad in two years? Has that is that no. even a part of the conversation? Kenny Pickett being bad is, I mean, boils down to a lot of things. It's the fact that the one he he can't get through progressions. He doesn't see the field well. Like there was, I mean, just another perfect example of it against the Browns, where Deontay Johnson was coming across the field on a crosser. Like the default Matt Canada play with intersecting crossers, a running back to the flat, and a go route, and it worked. Like Deontay Johnson got open, but. Kenny Pickett did a pirouette in the pocket as he does at least once a game as Deontay Johnson got open, didn't see him. It would have been a walk-in touchdown, probably would have won the game. And he, before, before the final play of the game, do you want to know what his stat line was? I'm ready. 14, 14 to 27 for 93 yards. He finished 15 to 28 for 106. That, that's, that, that's what the a former first-round pick quarterback that so many people live and die by did against, uh, against Cleveland and third consecutive game in which he's thrown for 160 or fewer yards. He like every stat that I've seen over the past 48 hours has been absurd and they keep getting worse. Like 350 quarterbacks in NFL history have thrown 500 passes. Only one of them has thrown a touchdown on less than 2% of his throws. It's Kenny Pickett. Matt Ryan has more touchdown passes over the last two seasons than Kenny Pickett, and he has been in the CBS booth all season long, and he hasn't started a game since December 17th of 2022. Um, He's built different. First ballot Hall of Famer. Tommy DeVito has more games with multiple game with multiple passing touchdowns. Like it's becoming just not every stat that you hear just gets worse. And not only like not only that, but just looking at this season, Tommy DeVito has the same amount of touchdown passes as Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Tommy DeVito like just got here. Yeah, like he is just becoming a thing. Um, Jimmy I mean, Garoppolo on Sopranos character. Jimmy Garoppolo has more touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett, and he got Anthony, Anthony Richardson has the same amount of touchdown passes since Kenny Pickett, or as Kenny Pickett since October first. I mean, the, I I think the the best example you can kind of like look and see about when you see how they're playing right now is like Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs has gone to multiple teams and <laughs> with like no prep time or getting used to the offense or anything, immediately started playing better than Kenny Pickett did. I just like BFL. So built different. Kenny Pickett is to Josh Allen like uh orange lacrosse is to orange soda. Oh, you man. take the thought of <laughs> yeah. you take the thought of orange soda. Mm-hmm. And you water it all the way down, but it tastes a lot better. I don't know if I like orange across is good. Anyway, um, <laughs> Kenny Pickett is though. Josh Allen. If you take away the arm talent and the athleticism and the accuracy and everything that makes Josh Allen good, 
that's Kenny Pickett. He cannot live bailing on pockets and living outside the pocket because he's not that good of an athlete. Yeah. Like that's just he tries to win in a way that his body won't let him. So he has to win from the pocket, but he can't because of the scar tissue that's developed from getting whacked in uh, Pittsburgh last year and at Pitt or in college. He's so scared of standing in a pocket and throwing the ball that you, you shrink your offense. Who would have thought that a guy who spent nine years in college was good for one of them wasn't going to be a very good pro quarterback? Jordan Addison deserves like so much. He deserves we a really Nobel Prize. We really overthought Jordan Addison. He made Kenny Pickett look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. a lot. Um, Evan, who you got? Titans or Colts? More in trouble long term. Titans. Hmm. Long term? I don't know. Oh, don't do this. Dog. I don't, don't know. Okay, so let me say this. I, I they're to me very similar. They're like aggressively similar right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Will Levis is like I mean, yeah, he had that four touchdown game, but like I don't know that I think that Will Levis is going to be some kind of like stable situation. I think Will Levis is going to end up being what we all really thought initially was why would you pick him period i think they're both going to be struggling but i have more faith in anthony richardson than i do will levis i it's not even just anthony i don't have faith in richardson staying healthy and that working out in uh in indianapolis at all i don't think he's a good quarterback but we'll see if he makes it through but i also don't trust chris ballard and the colts front office and them to get this thing humming like i don't think the Colts have any sign of stability. You look at ownership down. Like, I don't know. I go back and forth on this because, like, the the Texans have made the leap. And to your point, Evan, I think they're in similar situations right now where both are kind of they don't they're fighting this rebuild. But it's like, hey, um, CJ Stroud's awesome, and he looks like an MVP candidate. And the Texans have a great coach now, and D'Amico Ryan's. They feel like they've turned the corner and the Jaguars aren't going anywhere with Peterson and Trevor Lawrence as long as they're healthy and cooking. So you look at it, I don't know what the path is for those two. I think they're just kind of, they're both in bad waters, but I also just, I think I trust Vrabel more than I trust uh, Shane Steichen at this point. And I, I don't know. I, I just, it's both bad, but I think I would still probably take the Titans. I think the Colts roster is still pretty bad so uh, a, in a lot of ways. So I have a couple well, of questions. Uh, yeah. First one. Uh, the Colts know. Do the I think the Colts actually know they are not going to be good this year. That was the entire plan. That's why mm. they drafted all those guys that aren't exactly like great football players yet, but they're great athletes. And the next thing, I would choose the Colts, and I would not hesitate. Hmm. And the main reason is because in 2024, this offseason, the uh, Titans free agents are Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Danico Autry, Aziz Alshair, Tier Tier Tart. Aaron Brewer, Sean Murphy Bunting, Terrell Edmonds, Christian Fulton, Chris Moore, Travis Gibson. And then you get into 2025 and you get to DeAndre Hopkins, Daniel Brunskill, Dylan Radins, Rashad Weaver. Those are all like your base, basically your entire core is gone outside of Jeffrey Simmons after this year. And they're not, not only are they all gone, but you look at the upcoming. You look at the free agents that are going to be this offseason. Ryan Tannehill is going to be thirty-six. I think we know that he's gone. Derrick Henry is going to be thirty. I don't know what happens there. Danico Autry is going to be thirty-three. I mean, 
they they are in a rough spot not only when it comes to getting all those guys back under the cap, but they also like I don't trust them with any picks. Yeah. Like it's it's really it's really bad. And I trust the Colts quarterback more than I trust the Titans quarterback. Yeah. Will Levis has not been good. Like don't let the four touchdown game where he only threw like he threw like four deep passes and the rest were checkdowns. Don't yeah. let that fool you. He has been bad this year. Like as someone who has seen Will Levis play against my team, he <laughs> has been bad. Um and I just trust Anthony Richardson because Anthony Richardson's a better quarterback. And I think the Shane Steichen and that offense was built more around Anthony Richardson's strengths. He's going to be fine. It was a freak shoulder injury. He'll be fine. And even, 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 even with that, like the Colts are still competing. They're five and five right now. They're the ninth highest scoring team in the NFL right now. Like Shane Steichen has done a wonderful job with this group. Like defensively, they still have a lot of kinks to work out because like JP pointed out, they drafted a lot of really, really good athletes and potential scheme fits to mold into really good football players. Um, but right now their offense, man, like he has them severely overachieving right now with, with Gardner Minshew, a quarterback who is, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, playing on, with Freebird playing in the background every play. That's Gardner Minshew's whole, like, MO. So the fact that they are where they are right now and the season didn't completely just cave in and they were horrible, that says a lot about Steichen. It says a lot that he hasn't ninth uh, in the league in scoring right now. Like, I, I think that long-term, the Colts are absolutely going to be in better shape than, than the Titans. The one thing I wanted to say is I do have a lot of faith in Carthon. Um I think the Titans having him, you know, bringing him over from the 49ers, I don't think that's like just some guy that worked under a good GM. Like, I, I really do think he's a talented guy, and I expect him to to draft well. Who would you forward. bet on, Carthon also, and Rabel over the next three years, or um, do you bet on Ballard and Steichen? Um, I think they're very sure different. Mike Rabel is going to be around for longer than a year? I mean, he won I, the power battle with John Robinson, so... I, I think know. he'll be around. I, I don't. I don't think he'll. I don't think he's going to lose so, enough. I don't think he's going to get fired. I think he's going to leave. But where do you think my, he goes? The Pats. Foil hat theory. Oh, you think he's going to the Patriots? No. Oh, I think what? he is the next Ohio State Buckeyes head coach. Oh no way! Really? Is going back to college? No one's signing up for NIL and recruiting um, in the portal. No one's going backwards. Ryan Day loses. To, Ryan Day loses to Michigan again this weekend. He's absolutely getting fired. Can you I mean, imagine? they can fire Ryan Day, but they're not getting Vrabel. They're, can you I imagine think, getting Vrabel and it's Vrabel and Harbaugh going after each other? I think Vrabel is, I think Vrabel is kind of done. Like, mm. I don't – I think, like, him Vrabel admitting – Vrabel had a pretty like, decent season, though, last – what was it, last season? Or the, him admitting, like, yeah. straight up, like, after the game, like, yeah, the Jaguars are just the better team. You rarely ever hear a coach say, like, out – However right he may be, like, yeah, he's right. But you yeah. never hear a coach just flat out admit that to media. Yeah. They are the better team. There's nothing else we can do. I don't I don't know if Mike Bray was going to be around for much longer. But he's also not it's old. Like, it's not like he can acknowledge this going toward a rebuild. Like, it's just kind of... I don't that's know. That's the thing. Does Rabel want to stick around for a ginormous rebuild? Is it ginormous? Literally, I mean, yes. did you just hear that list of free agents that is yeah, going to be? I think, I think it's Also, they have one of the worst offensive lines in football. Yeah. They also don't have a receiver. And this Derek Henry's going to be a free agent. When, when they got Hopkins, I knew that things were dire. Like, that's just a bad team move. That's what bad teams do. They've got, like, their front seven is nasty, but a lot of those guys are going to be free agents. Tajay Spears is fun, and that's about it. 
I also if he goes anywhere else. Titans... I just think it's in the NFL. Like I just I would oh, guess no, more like I I I will but... say this. I worry that the Titans are in a situation too where they don't have elite guys. They have decently good guys, and they might just try and oh well, we got to retain these guys, and then you up paying top dollar for not top dollar players, which is like what might happen on that defense specifically. It would be funny though to see like Ryan Day flip and he's like an OC somewhere in the NFL and Vrabel's back in college and just. I think Ryan Day ends up at Texas A&M. Mm. At what? As what? Head coach. Oh, oh wow. wow! Look. Oh no, look. they're gonna get Dan Lanning. Don't you know? Didn't you hear? Yeah, oh no, yeah, not getting Dan Lanning. Next but... guy, but Texas A&M wants a big fish. They hire Ryan Day, Mike Vrabel, next head coach of the Buckeyes. I don't hate this. It's plausible. I also still am not ruling out Dan Campbell. They're going to keep throwing money at Dan Campbell. And you saw and how he Campbell answered those questions. Saying no. Because the Lions saying no. are... Right Why now, the Lions team, are like a top three seed in the Wait, NFC. What? Dan Campbell's not going anywhere. He played t- tight end for Texas A&M. And yeah, he has a very strong connection to My Texas brother A&M in Christ. University. Have you not talked to ta- heard him talk about the Lions? He I'm talks about disagree. the Lions as if he wants he to like cries brand the I think that's just Dan Campbell though. Balls. It might be the caffeine. Look, he has a lot. No, the Lions are not, not only good. They are going to be good for a while. Are we yeah. sure? Chase, yes. I feel like every yeah. podcast you say one thing that makes no fucking sense. And that, <laughs> without a doubt, is the one for this pod. Like Dan Landing, or not, excuse me, Dan Campbell, who like absolutely can't go five seconds without saying how much he loves the Lions and like they are his soul. And you're like, yeah, I think he'll go for, I think he'll be uh, texting. <laughs> I mean, I think he's listening and listen to how he talks about AM. Like, I'm telling you, the alma mater pull is hard to say no to. Vrabel, it's hard for him to say no to Ohio State. It's hard for Jim Harbaugh to say no to Michigan. It's hard I, for Kirby Smart think, to say no to UGA. I'm telling I'm, you, the alma I mater think, pull for a lot of guys, it's really, really hard for them to say no, especially when I the know, money's good. I, I think it was was until Harbaugh, and it's no longer. Like, mm. no NFL coach is going to look at the college as a viable situation, especially after Harbaugh. I think well, it's not even just that. It's time. I think they will because it's a unique job like Ohio State, who yeah. is like one of the three like best programs in America. Also, look at Lincoln Riley going to USC and Oh, that's gonna be a new head coach of the Chargers. I'm yeah. I like that. I think he's a, did you hear that report like the package deal of him and Caleb Williams? Like they're gonna like that might be a thing where they press like it's a package. Like if you they should bring Caleb... Alex, they should bring Alex Grinch too, make it a full family reunion. I would like that though. I would really like that. Lincoln Riley follows Caleb Williams. That'd be dope. As long uh, as he's not in the fucking NFC West. It's like a weird e- Eli no, Manning want, uh, trade demand in, on draft day. Yeah. Instead, like, it's like, imagine my, if he was like, Archie get, is QB coach. <laughs> if you draft Eli, Archie's also QB coach. So that's uh, <laughs> that's part of the deal. Um, whoever drafts Caleb, it's like Lincoln Riley has to be on staff. And you're like, hold on. Can we But shout out to my buddy Aaron Edwards, who is a stand-up comedian, amongst many other things, who said that Lincoln Riley... Wait, what was the name? I've already forgotten. The old Cardinals coach. Oh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. I never, yeah. yeah. Lincoln Riley is just Cliff Kingsbury who doesn't get hose. That's exactly <laughs> what he is. Both of, them, <laughs> both of them just like drawing up plays. Just one looks like he could like get women at a bar, and the other looks like a football coach. Yep. <laughs> also, have you heard Lincoln Riley talk? Lincoln Riley talks like an old Yellowstone, like 65-year-old man who has 
just it, it does not match so you know some people you listen to and you're like that doesn't compute like mike mcdaniel sounds exactly how you would think mike mcdaniel sounds he really um does. lincoln riley sounds completely different than how he looks you look at him and you're like absolutely not is that voice coming out of his mouth like i was watching his live stream tonight for a little bit talking about the dc hire and i'm like this is so weird. Lincoln just sounds like he's trying to do Kevin Costner in Yellowstone. It's, but it's natural for him. I don't know. It's uh Lincoln Riley's voice is interesting. Uh, final thing here, uh, as we wrap up here on this week's edition of the NFL super friends, um, Jarrett, mm. the does not make sense game this weekend was who for you. The does not make sense game for me. I mean, we already talked about the Chargers, but that makes sense for them. Like, yeah. I think about it. I was just going to point out, oh, yeah, that d- didn't really make too much sense. But, um, I mean, the Steelers-Browns as a whole was just stupid football. Mm. Like the, the fact that that game was over-under was 32 and a half, and I ran to bet the under, and I was, looked like a genius doing it. Like, everything that happened in that football game, I don't know how many punts there were. I should have counted um but it was just it was ugly football set the game back a lot i'm surprised um, you didn't pick uh commander's giants commander's no. giants was going to be there but like the thing with the commanders and the giants is like every team has like the team whose number they have and i think right now the giants just have the commander's number like you look at recent history of like it doesn't matter how bad the giants are they play the commanders well i'm not saying the commanders are great but i think overall they're better than the giants and they just can't can't seem to pl- pull out a good game against them. So I wasn't necessarily too surprised at that, especially because it's like an also like a divisional game. But yeah, Tommy DeVito going off was kind of uh didn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, the big ragu dropping dimes all over That's the That's a great nickname. I don't yeah, the Go Broncos ahead. are frauds. I don't care. This little streak. I don't think anybody thinks that they're like all of a sudden Super Bowl contenders. Like they have What's their schedule the rest of the way? It's not too difficult. They're five and five. They I think the, they have a. I think they have a Philly game in there, right? Uh, all right. I'm looking at it. it's actually no, no Philly. Okay, this schedule no, is not bad. Our, Browns, I think they might make the playoffs. Texans, Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers, and yeah, Raiders. Think, yeah. So, so I think that they'll. I think they'll beat Cleveland. I think they'll lose to Houston. They'll split with the Chargers. They'll beat the Patriots. The Raiders still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. That one's a toss up. I don't that think looks like beat. eight and nine to me. I don't they think they beat the Browns. They get aggressively right. bounced out in the playoffs if they do make it. It'll be one of the most lopsided losses. If they did, I think the ceiling, they, I mean, could they go 10 and seven? Sure, but like that's. I mean, it's going to be, well, I don't know if it's going to be tough. Right now, they're behind the Colts and the Bills, like in terms of like in the hunt. Yeah. So they would need a lot of help. But again, the Bills have to play a lot of really good teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they I'll say to... it right now. I think the Bills beat the Eagles next week. I don't know. Absolutely not. No way. Roll, the, roll the tape next week when I'm right. That, no way. With that run defense? No. Right. Roll the tape next week when I'm right. Their next three weeks are just brutal. brutal. The Bills get Eagles at Eagles at Chiefs, Cowboys at home. They got the bye week in Look, between uh, Philadelphia and Kansas City. I mean, that's the still... Se- the Seahawks' next four games are brutal. They get the Niners twice, the yeah. Eagles, and the Cowboys. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. And Geno Smith has a messed up elbow. Well, so, Aaron uh, Donald almost killed him yesterday. Yeah, really? he did. Did you see it, Evan? 
No, I didn't. Oh, Aaron Donald had one of the actually one of the most devastating hits it was a he's ever delivered, and it was on Geno Smith. It was a reminder that Aaron Donald is actually Thanos and like disintegrated Geno Smith. And he just is riding out the clock. It's so weird. Aaron Donald has this all-time great Super Bowl moment and this all-time great run. And he's just floating the last two years. He's just still pretty good, but no one talks about Aaron Donald anymore. They're well, just he's just hanging out in the ether. He had he had you know. some injuries last year, but this year, I mean, like he's got five and a half sacks <laughs> while still being double teamed at a really high rate and still winning. Like this isn't like Aaron Donald is slowing down. It's just he's playing with ten other people that should be working at Costco. Yeah. <laughs> They will be soon too. Um, well, there you go, folks. Uh, NFL, what week eleven in the books? Was this week eleven? Uh, NFL season quickly uh, evaporating, but hey, it's fun. It's good times. Uh, playoff picture becoming clear and clear each week. MVP picture coming clear and clear. Um, but you know, it's a good time. Weather's getting a little bit chillier. Uh, it's football time, and uh, it's it's a By good time. By the way, time. JP so, also tweeted something saying that like anything below like ninety degrees was like cold to him or something. Yo, whoa. Whoa! I said anything below forty. Relax. <laughs> Wait, anything how, below forty how did you, is cold. How did you get that? Like <laughs> anything, thought, anything below to me at this point in LA, and which is not the same. LA is, is different, but anything to me like below sixty degrees is cold. That's actually correct. Anything below sixty is cold. That You're is the correct. If I, if I have to wear a jacket, it's cold. But I will tell mm. you this: sixty degrees in Santa Monica is like forty degrees anywhere else. <laughs> you think I'm crazy? Come it's visit. Wind. It's the wind off the this water. Santa, those Santa Ana winds, dog. Mm. I can uh, walk outside tomorrow in the lovely, lovely downtown Pittsburgh, and it will be like thirty-eight. I have my pea coat on, have my scarf, and I will be sound as a pound. You dress. I mean, those like are two different things, though. I like yeah, the cold, that, but that is like, still cold. Like you're, you're still, yeah, that's you're wearing clothes a, that indicate yeah, cold. Pea coat and a scarf, dog. Yeah, yeah I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not, not cold as I put on a pea <laughs> I mean, I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those dicks who walks around with a t-shirt and shorts when it's like negative two and be like, I went golfing yesterday. Like I'm not one of those people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like but I'm, I'm not. No, you're I'm having two different like conversations right now. Very dressed individual. Like yeah. I'm saying that's... like you. You saying it's not cold as you dress like Spider Man mm-hmm. Black Noir. It's not, it's, <laughs> I guess like hustling backwards. Honestly, I I'm saying like I could be Spider Man Black Noir. Like maybe maybe be... maybe I am Mister because I'm saying like I enjoy the cold. Yeah, that's know, that's okay. Yeah, those are two different conversations. Okay. Okay. Hold on, no, hold on, hold on, wait, hold on. You don't enjoy the cold. You wear a pea coat and a scarf. <laughs> hold on, no, I wear that too. I I enjoy the cold and I like. No, you don't. I you say... enjoy being warm in cold weather. Well, hold on, no, that's I like wearing those clothes in the cold weather. Like cold weather clothes yeah. are so much better than any other kind of. Absolutely, season. one trillion but, uh, percent. But yes. again. Again, we didn't we didn't hear anyone say that. We heard you. Well, no, I'm just say, adding to the conversation. We We're heard adding people say, to this. I enjoy the cold in which you don't. You well, no, I enjoy be, I, I enjoy warm warming up more than I enjoy cold. cooling off. I don't like being super hot and having to like be around the AC and blast my AC in my car. I would mm-hmm. rather have the heat on and like the heat on in my house be sitting by a fire. I like warming up more like under a blanket, like under my weighted blanket. I want to warm up. I don't like I, being hot. Y'all be I, by the way, rotisserie chickens. I will tell you, I one thing I'm starting to realize at the ripe old age of almost 36 at this point is my body runs mm. apparently very hot. Like mm. I'll, it, I'll be at work and they won't have AC on in the room that we're in or whatever. And everyone is like, I feel great. And I'm like sweating. I'm like, I will fucking break a window right now. If I need to. <laughs> 
and I like at night I have to sleep with the the room so cold. Like my dog is just like you know, like the <laughs> tightest ball wrapped up in a blanket next to me, and I'm just like, this is too still too hot. Wait, what's your what's your uh night? What what temperature do you put in the in the? Apartment? So I mean, it's a little different for me because my apartment in itself, like the living room and stuff, doesn't have AC, but my room has a in wall unit, mm. so it's it's pretty aggressive if I get it going. So what's I, the temp? What would you guess it is? Well. Again, it's different for me, and I don't think it's real, but I have it my unit at 64, and I don't think that's like – I don't think that's like – I don't think that's a real 64. Like if I if I had central air and I had 64, mm-hmm. I would cry. Like, like central air, I would usually keep it at like 68, maybe 67. What do you keep it at, Jarrett? 68. What yeah. do you keep it at, JP? 77. I don't remember. Uh, mm. I, think, I think the last time I checked, it was like – 70 right now i have it at 71 in my house 71 is insane (laughs) and i'm not i'm not saying that for fun like that's an insane thing to do 71 yeah at night when it's cold we're going through a a huge drop it there's gonna be fires and stuff tomorrow and that's what we're in a fire warning that's the whole point of central air is central air doesn't matter what it is outside the temperature set is the temperature set yeah we want it toasty i want it nice and warm yeah but like 71 in the house is hot 71 like jp said i want to be cooked like a rotisserie chicken as i go to sleep i'm just saying anybody who says like anything 40 degrees or below is football weather let alone like Mm. good weather oh i'm not going to liar i won't go to a game we left in the middle like it was i mean everything about tennessee georgia uh outside of the first 30 seconds was uh horrific um and my wife and i we left in the middle of the third and it was perfect timing because the sun went down and when i tell you it dropped 20 degrees from 60 to like upper 40s i was like absolutely not and that would have been terrible uh to sit through that for another hour and a half because football weather no uh, on tv sure but i hate sitting in like i was at soldier field when i was a little kid for a bears game long long time ago and Colts ever been was in Chicago when I was a little kid. Like, uh, no, I, I, I'm good on football weather. I'm good on going to Green Bay or Lambeau in December. No, hard pass. Never going to do I, uh, it. It's never going to happen. In 2021, I sat through uh, Jared Goff tying the Lions, or Mason Rudolph tying Jared Goff and the Lions, and it was like 38 and raining, and I've never, never again. Yeah, I I did I did one of those games at Autzen Stadium. I was like Oregon Stanford or something, and I remember I had a rain jacket, like a real rain jacket on, and it was just soaking wet. Like it didn't matter. I like I had never been so wet and so cold in my life, <clears throat> and I vow I was like never again. I'll never make that a quote, again. Evan Swartz. I've never been so wet in my life. And you know what's funny? I say that, but I went to the Niners Colts game what like two years ago or whatever when mm-hmm. there was a what is a ball cyclone where where Carson Wentz (laughs) balled out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause every year the Niners have at least one of those games where we lose. You know, it seems a little more personal for the Niners. Fucking Case Keenum. Do the 49ers 49ers still have games against the Rams? Oh yeah. I think so. Right. There's one more. I think there's one more. If there's a God in heaven, Carson Wentz will play in that game. <laughs> Why would you want that? Oh Wait, man, I, so for the lols. The it's the last game of the season. It is the last game. Of oh the yeah, season. yeah, yeah. The, the the Rams will be like five and eleven. They won't have anything to play for. Keep Stafford right. off the field. Throw in Carson. Let me see it. 
by the way, real quick, just a, a, a vibe check. My my birthday is January 21st. It's on a Sunday. It's always on a Sunday. It's seemingly always on a Sunday. It's going to be when the Niners play in the playoffs. Do I plan a ski trip from or you know a snowboarding trip in the mountain for my birthday? Or do I hold off on the idea that I might want to go to the game? I went to the Niners Cowboys game last year when they won. I mean, I would wait to do the trip anyway. Like, I wouldn't do it on the Sunday. Like, I'd watch the game regardless if you go to it or not. But no, if I do the snowboarding trip, I would just watch the game up there with friends. Oh, yeah, do that. That sounds fun. The 21st is the divisional round. Yep. I think you'd be fine if you went to the game. Like, I'm also somebody who's like going to games is very overrated crowd. But if you like doing it, then. You say that, but like, did you ever go to the Steelers Super Bowl wins? Well, Those no, because they were in. I was a, a, a young child, and they were in Detroit and Tampa Bay. So, so okay, yeah. yeah. So then, trust me, it's it's worth it. I watched them beat the. Yeah, no, I'm, watched... I'm sure if you like going to games, then yeah, then absolutely. If that's something that you'd want. No, no, to no. Do. I mean, like again, regular season games. Like I went to one this year, and I was like, I will. I am not going for the rest of the year. I'll go to. Mm. I'll wait till the playoffs. Watching your team win a playoff game is probably like ten times better than Can't watching. Confirm. Like it is so different. And I get granted, I did watch them beat the Cowboys, which is like you know full. Never mind, I can't say that on this podcast. But like, <laughs> I, I I will I will say that it is a wholly different experience than watching your team win mm-hmm. a regular season game week four. Fair enough. There you go, uh, JP. Go back check out from you over on SBNation.com this week. Yeah, did a mock draft earlier today. Of course, nobody will disagree or be yelling at it because every single pick that I made is right. Mm. Um, Got a big week this week when it comes to NFL and college football. I'm still a little unsure about what to do with established fun this Friday because it will be a vacation, uh, will be a holiday. So not sure yet, but just follow what I'm doing. See what I'm tweeting about. I watched some Tommy DeVito today and was kind of stunned, but hmm. just follow what I'm doing. There you go. What about you, uh, Jarrett, over on USA Today, behind the steel curtain, everywhere else? Yeah, power rankings on USA Today. I'm doing a Justin Herbert piece this week uh, on USA Today. I think I'm going to do um, one comparing Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson because I had a tweet that went like semi-viral and I might just do a little write-up on it. That's the thing that JP hit me in the head with the guitar for, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um and then behind the steel curtain, a lot of uh, Kenny Pickett discourse over the past, you know, 24, 36 hours. So I've done a lot of write-ups on that, given my thoughts. I did a whole thing on why it might just be time to bench him and just cut your losses. Oh, yeah, um, Mitch Trubisky time, baby. Yeah, I mean, I, I said put in Mason Rudolph, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so go Get read that and read, and read my reasonings for it. Um, How old is then, Mason Rudolph? Because he graduated... He's got to be 30. No, he's like he's, 27. He's drafted in 2017. So he's 20, 28, 29. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, the reasoning I gave for that is just because, like, he's got nothing to lose. And, like, I don't have anything against Mitch, but, like, I can appreciate that he takes chances, but he'll have two passes a game where he just throws into a defensive back meeting room and wonder why it got intercepted. 
So yeah, why not see what Mason Rudolph can do? He's not the future, but it's very clear that Pickett is not either. And then like Najee Harris is like saying things like publicly, like to the media, where it's just everybody on that offense wants a change. It's very evident of that. I mean, I think beyond, beyond anything, they need to bench him just to check that, like check his ego. Not even that he has an ego, but like he needs punishment for what he has done to fans and to other people that have to watch him. Like that dude sucks. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Bo Nix. Oh, dude. That would be the same exact thing that they just did. That would make me sick to my stomach. I'd laugh. I would be furious. I would not. I would be furious. I would be quite upset. JP, Jarrett, Evan, always a pleasure. I'll talk to you all next. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.